0: Hello everybody, welcome to Lessons from the Top, a podcast that aims to inspire and educate the next generation through inspiring stories from successful people in entrepreneurship, finance, and politics.
1: Today we have with us Mark Cohen, an experienced sport and entertainment executive, entrepreneur, and former commissioner of the Canadian Football League. He earned a great reputation at the Major League Basketball Organization and the National Baseball Association. After leaving the CFL, he became the chairman of the Canadian Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. And he is now the executive chairman of the Georgian Base Brick Company. Additionally, he serves on several uh, corporate boards. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Welcome, Mr. Gohan, to Lessons from the Top. So we'll start on this podcast. I'll, I'll ask you a simple question. How are you doing today?
2: I'm awesome. But first of all, you have to call me Mark. Don't call me Mr. Gohan. That sure. really <laughs> ages me. I feel whole. I'm doing well. I woke up this morning. I walked my dogs. My just saw my six year old daughter who just came home from school and she told me she loved me. Hey I've told me she's in a good mood, which makes me happy. <laughs> um, and no, oh, I, I I'm I'm doing well today. Today's a good day for me.
0: Great. That's amazing. What about you
2: guys? What about
0: you guys? Oh, I'm doing amazing. You know, it's 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 always an honor like getting to speak to people that have had all these different experiences in many aspects of life. So it's it's amazing to be able to speak with you and extract like really valuable information. Um, yeah, it's it's. it's I'm doing well, let's well, let's, it's, let's let's
2: hope, let's let's hope I can give you some value information. Let's see, after yeah. this interview, All right. of course. And oh. uh, yeah,
1: it's you know just a great day. Uh, I'm not my uh, usual place. I'm in Miami right now. Uh, usually in Montreal, but now I'm uh, on a vacation. So, uh, but yeah, it's a great day. Um, it's sunny outside, so uh, we're happy, and uh, we're happy to have you. you here. Have- you have to take off your turtleneck, though if you're in Miami. Yeah, I do. It's you're
2: just trying, to
0: it off, you're but... trying to hide, you're trying to
2: hide yeah, where it, you are. But in my house it's pretty cold <laughs> right now. It's pretty
0: cold so. like seven okay. sweat drops on the side of his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um tell us a little bit about what you do right now. What what jobs you currently have? What do you what, what projects are you currently working on at the moment?
2: So it's really interesting. you know, I I heard um you explain my introduction. My life and my career has not been very linear. You know, a lot of people Young people might say, well, you got to take a certain path. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be, I want to be a basketball star. Um, mine has been very different. If you look at my career, I worked in Major League Baseball and then the NBA. And then I did some entrepreneurial things in between that in a thing, an area where I loved. I led an expedition in the Arctic. I became chairman of the Junos. I own a piece of a liquor company. So all the things that I do are not, is not one path. So when I look at the things I do today at almost 57 years of age, I sort of have three buckets. One is I think about in terms of the things I'm doing in the community or helping build Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was chairman of the Junos for seven years uh, and got a real great sense of Canadian music industry. And I really loved that. This was after I left the CFL as commissioner. Uh, and I just stepped down from that and put in a new chair in place. It's seven years is a long time to be a chair of an organization. Um, and I chair a thing called Toronto Global, which helps promote Toronto around the world to bring in foreign investment into the city. So if you remember that Amazon bid was trying to create a new headquarters. I helped oversee that and help promote Toronto around the world. And I'm also working on a real fun project with my father to try and build the largest Ronald McDonald House in the world. Ronald McDonald House helps, helps kids who are ill um, be close to the hospital and the families can live there while their kids are being treated so i'm working on that that's one area so community building and things like that the other thing is entrepreneurial things so you heard about the georgian bay spirit company that is a a spirits company a liquor company i'm one of the investors in that Mm -hmm. we've sold over 70 million cans of georgian bay gin smash in canada already in the last six or seven years uh, and I'm the chair of that. I have an investment in a company called Cookin in Toronto, which is helps, if you think of what Uber is to the private home driver, you know the, the driver who can make money by driving their car for other people or renting out your apartment with Airbnb, Cookin is a new app that allows chefs or cooks people, if you guys are great cooks, to cook from your home kitchen and make money and mm-hmm. sell your, and sell your, your so I'm involved with that, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and I have another investment in this really interesting company in Sweden as well. Um, and then I'm involved on a couple boards. I sit on the board of the biggest casino operator in Canada uh, called Great Canadian Entertainment. We have 25 casinos across the country. So I'm doing a lot of different things, and that's what keeps my mind and my and my brain very interested.
0: Yeah, you're you're interested in so many different aspects of like the entrepreneurship and pol the, the politics of the world. It's- it's amazing how you're able to balance all, like all these different positions and all these different types of investments through like what you're doing right now. It's it's really impressive. It's it's inspiring. Like to say the most, like for people that are, like for, like us that are looking to become you know entrepreneurs and looking to um, be members of like these boards and chair and yeah, it's 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 amazing that you're able to like at 57 years old, like you you've went from you know uh, CFL and now you're doing, you went to music, and now you're doing all these different things, so it's crazy. I, I, I like to ask though, like, how was the transition from CFL to, to Juno, like I, like going from that industry to music?
1: Well, um,
2: I want to say two things. So one, the way my mind works, so when I was CFL commissioner, every day was different, mm-hmm. because I had so many different things. When you're a commissioner. You're, you're responsible for the the business of the league, the TV deals, the sponsorships, putting on the Grey Cup, but you're also responsible for the game. So, you know, reviewing film with your football guys, disciplining players, making sure the officials got the right calls. So my day was very different. You know, every day would be different. I've had multiple different things to do. So when you talk about what I'm doing today, it's very much like when I was commissioner. I had so many... My days are always different. I might be working on the gin business one day, one moment, then I'm working on stuff for Toronto Global or the Junos. So that's the way my brain likes to work. You have to uh, keep with your multiple mind busy. things. Exactly. Now, you asked about the transition to the Junos. When they approached me about going on the board and becoming the chair, I was like, why me? You know, I'm a sports guy. I, you know, my brother was the musician, I was the athlete. Uh, why me? And it, one of the board members who was actually the president of TSN at the time uh, and oversaw RDS as well, if you're in, in, in Montreal, said, Mark, you put on as the commissioner of the CFL the, the biggest sporting event of the year every year in Canada, the Grey Cup. It's bigger than the Stanley Cup because often the Stanley Cup is not in, not in Canada, as we've seen over the last few years. Uh, but the Grey Cup is the single biggest one day event in the country every year. Well, the Junos is that for music. We toured around the country, just like the Grey Cup tours around. Why don't, how, why don't you become interested in becoming the chair of, of the Junos? When I met the team there and really started to look at the comparisons between the Grey Cup and the Junos, I was like, makes sense. And I could add some value with all the experience I had in putting on you know eight Grey Cups over the years as the commissioner.
0: So, so you've definitely had really good experiences in these two different industries what like okay what advice would you give to young people that want to pursue careers in these non-traditional industries like uh, sports music that, that type of stuff
2: um, you know I never thought I was gonna become you know an executive in in major League Baseball or the NBA. number one, you've got to be passionate about what you do. Mm-hmm. you know, you got to love what you do. I'm sure you've heard from a lot of different people. If you don't love what you do, don't do it. Um, so I love sports. So my one of my favorite sports growing up was playing Canadian football. So when they approached me about becoming the commissioner, I was like, okay, that makes sense. I worked for Major League Baseball. I worked for the NBA. I had experience in sports. But I would say, one, follow your passion. Two, if you really think you want to get into music or you want to get into sports when you at high school you know either play the sport or volunteer maybe you're not a player but you can volunteer to help uh, with the team in university you know there's a lot of people around sports that volunteer to help with the logistics of the team or help do the social media for team or help on the regional broadcast or if it's a small university help you know do the filming and the production around uh, videos, and uh, live streaming of games. So I think there's a lot of things you can do to start to see, does that make sense for you, is something you're interested in, and pursue those, and then it might take you down a path, a career path, that would lead you to something in sports or music.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. There's there's a bunch of different avenues you can take to succeeding in a specific industry. There's not just like one direct path. There's a bunch of different avenues and different roles you can have. So yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting. Thank you for that.
2: In sport, you know, in sports, listen, you could love the, the business side of it, which is the sponsorships, the TVs, the ticket sales, and you want to be the business guy, or you can be the general manager because you love Moneyball and you love the statistics and you love the game because you really want to, you know, see how you move players and select players. And you might want to go down the path of being a GM or, or um, you know, start off the water boy and then become the general manager. You guys watch ted lasso kind of like that you know
1: yeah,
2: completely. um so i think i, I think there, there's those opportunities as well
0: completely i agree
1: so um i feel like you have been involved in you know many uh locations around the world including you know Siber- siberia sumatra and stuff like this and you know what lesson can you know young people uh acquire from this you know exploring and experiencing different cultures around the world and you know different environment you know it's in those countries and other countries, it's really different from Canada or, you know, US. So, you know, what can, you know, what did you learn and what can other people learn from it? So I was very
2: fortunate um, that my parents at a young age was able to take my brother and I on trips around the world and start to travel. Uh, They could afford it. So very lucky, but there's also a lot of other things that that students can do. Um, You know, I, I went on a program. This is not when I was a student. I started a charity uh, right after university called Youth Challenge International that led this expedition in Siberia and the Canadian High Arctic. But there's organizations, whether that's you know uh, Greenpeace or other organizations like Earthwatch out of Boston, that you can go and volunteer. So my passion has always been wildlife. I was a zookeeper in high school at the Toronto Zoo. I looked after everything from black bears to orangutans to polar bears. Amazing experience. So I always had this passion for for animals. When I was a little bit older in my 30s, I was supposed to be married to this woman. I called off the wedding six weeks before. It was the wrong woman. I'm happily married now to uh, Suzanne of over 20 years. And I um, called off this wedding and I was like, you know what? I'm passionate about animals. I kind of miss that part of my life. And I volunteered with this organization. I said Earthwatch out of Boston uh, to study wild orangutans in Sumatra. I had to, it was about $3,000 to get over there. I lived in a small little hut uh, in an area called Bukit Lawang uh, in Sumatra for a month and just volunteered with this scientist actually from the Ukraine who was reintroducing semi-wild orangutans back into the wild. These are orangutans that have been domesticated and you had to reintroduce them back into the wild. So my advice to people is look for those organizations that maybe you can volunteer with, pursue a dream, and by traveling, you get a different perspective on life. You get get out of your bubble of Toronto, you get out of your bubble of, of Montreal or your small community that you're in, and you expose yourself to different people. And as I look about businesses, I always put diverse teams together because I think you get the best input. You know, It's all about the team that you work with. And if you have people from around the world, I think it gives you a different perspective on things. And travel, uh, I encourage people, get out of the country, go travel, go experience the world. Uh, you can't experience people from a Zoom call. You got to be immersed in it.
1: So yeah, yeah, I agree because I feel like in Canada and stuff, of course, it's nice and stuff. But you know, just getting more experience and you know, getting to know people, getting to know their experience, their history, and stuff like this. I feel like it's just one thing to have in mind and just like know what they feel like and know what they do. You know, sometimes there's other countries that have like you know trouble, you know, working or getting food and stuff. And just you know, experiencing everything. Well, not everything because it's hard to do that. But experiencing a lot of things to just know, know that in Canada and stuff and US you are most of the time really lucky and, you know, just to, you know, you just get a lot of experiences out of the world, to be honest, like you said, then um, yeah, it's just, right. I
2: mean, I, I, I agree. Um, we are very fortunate to be here. There's a lot of people in this country who are as fortunate as us uh, as well. But um, I would say this, you know, people think, oh, Mark, you know, you've traveled to 60 or 70 countries around the world. Um, that must've been easy. Well, here's what I would say. There were many times when I was younger doing it. So when I backpacked through Europe when I was 19 years old, I was nervous as hell. I was, you know, out of my comfort zone. I couldn't speak the languages in many of these countries. So I think it's really important to be nervous, to to feel uncomfortable. When I was in my 30s and went to Sumatra, um, I I didn't know anyone. You know, I went by myself, went to a small little village. Um, I was the only Caucasian person there. It was fascinating and interesting. And I met some amazing people. I was uncomfortable and nervous and scared to go, but I went and I loved it. So um, if you have that little tension in your belly or that nervousness, I think that's a good sign. It, it drives you to want to do something.
1: Yeah. I feel like, you know, like you said, sometimes you just need that little push to go forward and sometimes it's hard to do it, but just to, when you're going to do it, you're going to be like, damn, I did it and you're happy with it. And sometimes if you don't do it, you're like, I wish I did it, but I didn't do it because I didn't have the you know, the thing to go for it. And yeah, I feel like it's you know, right. just amazing to go for these experiences. And I'm happy that you had to do this. And I feel like traveling and just trying new stuff is really important at such a young age. And uh, I feel like a lot of people should try this. So, yeah. Totally agree. You know, get so we're gonna change a little bit of, exactly. So we're going to change a little bit of the subject. So uh, you were the chairman of the Canadian Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. And um, how did you help, you know, transform the Juno Awards and promote Canadian music? How, like, you know, what was the step or, like, you know, how did you do it? And was it hard? Probably. But was it, you know, what was the step to go, uh, you know, to make it bigger. You no,
2: know, as I, as I mentioned, you know, uh, when I left the CFL as commissioner, the, one of the board members who was involved with the Canadian Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences was the president of TSN. And he, he was one who reached out to me and say, they're looking for a new chair. So it made sense. Uh, you know, we had a great CEO. So as the chair, you oversee the board, you help with strategy. Um, but we also had a great person, the CEO, the president and CEO, Alan Reed, who was running the organization. So for me and working with him, uh, it was the same sort of thing I did with the CFL, with the Junos. Embrace what this organization means to the country. You know, celebrate great, like the CFL, great Canadian athletes and great Canadian teams. With the Junos, celebrate amazing Canadian talent and really lean into that. Like, let's not – sometimes as Canadians, we tend to be a little – sheepish and shy and not be not being boastful i I call i say a thing called canadian swagger it's to be confident but not cocky um and with the junos we want to go out there and say we have the greatest artists in the world right now if you think about it between drake the weekend justin bieber sean mendez alessia cara i mean some of these young artists are the biggest stars in the world Let's embrace them. Let's celebrate them. uh, And let's not be too shy about it. And I think we brought a little bit of that Canadian swagger back to the Junos.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I feel like it's amazing to have all these artists and stuff. And we're lucky to have them, like you said. And uh, it's really important to put it out there because I feel like each and every single culture of a country is really important to put it out there and, you know, to make it see, you know, so the world can see it. And what advice, you know, for uh, the young people, uh, how can young people get involved in promoting and celebrating Canadian culture, you know, just like, you know, putting out there and stuff like this.
2: First of all, I think every young Canadian should be an ambassador for their country. I mean, I've, when I was a kid growing up and I had a lot of American friends because we got to travel a lot. And my, and my family is originally from the United States. We're originally from Chicago. Um, but I have dual citizenship. I am both U.S. and Canadian. There's so many people who aren't, don't really know much about Canada. So I think, you know, in dialogue with people, it's always good to educate them, you know, educate them, talk about like, so with Toronto, I don't think people realize that Toronto is a city of over, you know, if you think of the region, over 6 million people, it's the fastest growing city in North America. It doesn't the most tech jobs out of any uh, city in North America compared to San Francisco or Austin or Seattle or even New York city. So I think, You know, one of the things that young young people can do is constantly be a promoter for Canada and talk about those things that you love. I mean, there's probably some things you hate here too, but talk about those things you love and just get engaged in the community. If there's things that you love. So at a young age, um, you know, I loved animals. So I, you know, uh, was fortunate to get a job at the Toronto Zoo and become a zookeeper as a summer job. Um, And, you know, my dad's involvement in the Ron McDonald House or those sort of things was at a very young age, volunteer. I'm sure your schools you know, push you to volunteer, but get engaged in the community outside of your school. I think that's really important to try and do that as well.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm having a little trouble out here. But um, my wife is a little buggy. But yeah, you're completely right. I feel like if you like something, you should totally go for it. And you know, just the Canadian culture is Sometimes a lot different from other countries, and you know, if you like it, just go put it out there. um So yeah, I completely agree with you on this uh, point. So um yeah,
0: yeah, I think it's important to learn different cultures from different countries all around the world. But you should definitely be promoting and, like you said, be an ambassador for your own country and the cultures and the everything that's going on in your own country because that's it's very important. It's where you come from. It's it's something you should be proud of. Like when you're you're born, it's something you should learn. It's something. Uh, school teaches, but it's something you should uh, do research about even further. Like it should be something that's part of your like general knowledge. So I think, yeah, I completely agree. And um, yeah, but
2: and yeah. the follow, follow up on George, uh, you know, when I talk about it's promoting Canada the way that one of the things I love about this country is that the diversity of the country, where we have people from all around the world. When Absolutely. I think about a city of Toronto or or Montreal, you know how diverse these are, and it's different than the United States. It's not a melting pot. You know, these are cities where you're encouraged to uh, be both Nigerian and Canadian. You're encouraged to be both Venezuelan and, and Canadian. You're not, uh, and I think that's really one of the beauties of our country is that you can have both parts uh, come to the forefront and be be part of who you are as a per person. In the United States, I think that melting pot is that. You know, for example, when my wife's great grandfather came over from Italy, they didn't want uh, my father-in-law learning to speak Italian. They wanted him to assimilate. And I think in Canada, you know, one of the great things is that we allow cultures to thrive here.
0: Yeah, especially with things like Juno. Like, you, you, when you yeah. look at Juno, you think about Canada. You, you don't think about each different ethnicity. So it welcomes everybody from mm-hmm. around the world. Well, mm-hmm. ethnicities from around mm-hmm. the world to um, show mm-hmm. their talent and show what they can do and provide to the music industry. Um well, cool. yeah, well, we'll switch a little bit of uh, subject. So, you're the executive chairman and partner of Georgian based spirits company. Um, what inspired you to enter the spirits industry, and what advice you like, would you give to young people that want to start their own spirits business or are looking to ha- get a job or like, be an entrepreneur towards that type of business?
2: Well, first of all, you got to start by being of legal drinking age. So I don't think, I don't, I don't know if you guys are. So like, yeah, wait until you, no fake IDs, guys. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, I would say this. So I, you know, I talked about my life not being very linear. Like mm-hmm. I have often seized moments, seized opportunities. So when I, I'm going to step back and not answer your question just yet. So When I went from Major League Baseball to work for the NBA and David Stern, who was the commissioner, I was at the moment, at the time, I was in charge of this all-star tour, Major League Baseball all-star tour to Japan. And I was 26 years old, 27 years old, and I just completed, I was at the airport in Tokyo called the Narita Airport, and I'm sitting in the business class lounge at the airport, and in walks the commissioner of the NBA, and I was like, oh, my God, like he was an icon, David Stern. So I walked up to him, and this is about seizing the moment. I walked up to him, and I introduced myself. Hi, I'm Mark Kohan from Major League Baseball. We sat down and talked. Um, we got along great. I went back to New York City, flew back, and about a month later, there was a big strike at Major League Baseball, and many of my bosses left. And I called David Stern, the commissioner of the NBA, and he said, come work for me. So I seize that moment by getting to know him. Same sort of thing with Georgian Bay Spirico. I was up at a friend's farm and she hands me a drink. I don't have it right here, but it was Georgian Bay Gin Smash. It was this brand new craft cocktail in a can. Uh, and I tried to like, this is amazing. And she said, well, my brother-in-law started it. Uh, it's a brand new company and he's coming up for dinner tonight. So I met Denny, who was the co-founder of the company. We hit it off. I loved creating Canadian brands, as you see with the CFL and with Junos. And I said, I can help you. So for me, it was a real opportunistic time where I said this is a young, uh, growing company. Uh, there was only one and a half people working in the business at the time. I had all these experiences in creating brands and working on major brands, I had great contacts across Canada. And I said, do you need some help? And that's when I became the executive chairman and the partner Uh, because i seized that opportunity i thought i could have fun with it
0: do you think it made it easier the fact that you had already already all these other experiences uh to then start doing the spirits industry
2: Uh, a thousand percent so one of the experiences i did so number one having all those experiences made it easier for the co-founders to say oh we want to work with mark Cohen because Mm -hmm. he has all this interesting experience but number two when i was in university Uh, for a summer job. I went to school in in Chicago to Northwestern University, but I'd always come home to Toronto and have a summer job. One summer, I was a beer rep for Labatt. There was a beer called Schooner Beer. Um, It's not around much more. I think it's only in Atlanta, Canada still. And I was a salesman for Labatt. So life kind of came full circle. I kind of knew how to sell. I knew a little bit about the industry. I was only in college when I did that. Um, and that's the time I put on the most weight in my life because I was drinking <laughs> way too much beer. Uh, but uh, but uh, I would say life came full circle when that when this opportunity came up with Georgian Bay and the and the spirits company. I was like, OK, well, I used to be a beer salesman a long, long time ago. Um, and that's where I seized the opportunity. So my you know, my message is. You're not sure – You know who knows where life is going to take you. But if you see those interesting opportunities and they intrigue you or your heart kind of flutters or your mind races and you're excited about it, make sure you seize those opportunities when they come for you.
0: Yeah, and I feel like people that do one thing and they're going to do one thing that's good too. But I feel like people are too scared to do all these different things when – Ultimately, there's there's not much risk involved in trying to do all these different things and trying to be part of all these different industries so I think I agree with you it's about seizing every opportunity you have to uh, well contribute to the world and provide and do these uh, and work in these industries so I completely agree with you yeah
1: listen
2: some some people might want to go down a path so you know some of the young listeners might be like I always loved I, I want to I love animals I want to be a vet and that's what I'm gonna do uh, and at one point I want to be a vet Uh, as well. My parents, when I was 10 years old, we had a a small farm and uh, the local vet took me out um, uh, to work with them in the mornings, uh, several days. And I I helped deliver a a calf. Uh, I decided I didn't want to be a a vet when we had to castrate a horse. Um, But uh, but I would say, uh, I think, there'll be people who want to go down a certain path. There'll be people like me who take different paths Mm -hmm. and and right now you don't really think about this, but there's also risk as you get older. So risk from the standpoint financially, can you afford to do it? Can I leave a job that I have and not have a lot of money in the bank, hopefully taking something new? So at different stages in your life, you got to evaluate it based upon where you are. Uh, But at a young age, if you have a supportive family or friends, or that curiosity, you know, be curious. Like that's the most important thing I would say.
0: Yeah, be curious. Don't be mm-hmm. scared to do all these different things. I think. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, I f- you've served uh, on a lot of uh, you know, several uh, important corporate uh, boards, and I was wondering what lesson you know. Uh, can you give to young people that want to apply or go, uh, you know, go get on, you know, not important boards, but just to get involved in the community and uh, stuff and talk. And you know, what does it bring to someone like you or someone my age to go on different boards? And yet yeah, what does it just, you know, get in your life? What- so
2: in, in, you're saying this, so I think you guys should go for it where there's opportunity. So I will, I will remember this when I was in high school and I was 17 at the time it was the sesquicentennial of toronto so 150 year celebration of toronto's birthday and i applied to be on a board a city board that was working on all of the celebrations around the sesquicentennial uh, and it was a great experience being on that board you know young they wanted the perspective of a younger person uh, and whether high schoolers they had some high, some university students When I graduated from Northwestern University, I was 22 years of age, and I was asked to go on the university board at Northwestern. So this is the board of trustees. Think of who was on that board. This is in Chicago. So it was all of the big wigs of the Chicago business community, the president of United Airlines, the owner of the Chicago Bears, you know, all these, and me, this young 22-year-old punk going on the board. But what they wanted was the perspective of a young student who just graduated they wanted that perspective so i would say if there's opportunities look at them try and find them and even at a young age go on a board you know if there's a volunteer board or volunteer organizations try and do it because it helps you so much later in life as you're thinking about some. some people might never want to go on a board uh, but I think these are experiences that you can get at a young age. Don't think, oh, I can't do it because I'm not 35 years old and had 10 years of business experience. You can get it at a young age, and, and you just got to find the, find those opportunities.
1: Exactly, and you just got to seize them. I feel like, you know, you just, like you said earlier, you just got to go for it. And, you know, you just, sometimes you, you, you're you scared and stuff, but you just got to go for it because if you didn't do it, you were going to be, I wish I did it and sometimes it's just really important to do it, and it's going to get experience. I
2: I will tell you, uh, there are moments in my life, even now, at 57, where I'm scared about new opportunities. Like, you know, when I became commissioner, I was nervous. Like, I remember my first press conference, I was totally nervous. Even though I had all this experience working in Major League Baseball and the NBA, I was scared by the opportunity. When I became chairman of the Junos, I was like, okay, I don't know anything about the music industry, but I was nervous, am I going to do a good job? Uh, in this organization in a very public role, I'm working, I, I won't tell you all the secrets, but I'm working on a concept for a new podcast that I'm going to be the host of, Mm. uh, uh, and I'm really nervous about it and I'm scared, but that's that nervousness and that being scared is driving me. Right. Mm. It's like, if I wasn't, I'd be like, Oh, my little board, is this too easy? And even at even at an older age, I'm thinking, OK, this is something I want to do and something that is going to challenge me, you know, because um, I want, you know, my father is 85 years old. he's His health is declining and I want to live another 30 years and be very active in those 30 years. So uh, I would say definitely the, the thought process that you get to a certain age and everything comes easy or you're, you know, you shouldn't be nervous. I get scared all the time and I think that's okay. That's okay. It's part of part. It's part It's of the experience.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I completely agree. Um, I feel like even though you already have experience in, in a lot of different aspects of life, you shouldn't look at something and think that it's going to be easy because you've done something else. I feel like as soon as you start something and you get, you're going to get nervous and you're going to be worried and you're going to uh, doubt yourself. But I feel like that is sort of conflicting you to wanting to succeed in that so that you can be proud of yourself and you can prove to you and to everybody else that you are capable of um, truly changing that industry and being able to actually provide something useful and valuable to the world. So, uh, yeah. Yeah,
2: making making a difference, you know, making a difference in whatever you might do, you know, I think is is important. And if you feel you can drive that, then – then, you know, as I said, I don't want to be a broken record, but, you know, go for it. Nothing should hold you back, you know, but you also like at a young age, you know, do your parents buy into it? What's your home life like? Uh, You know, all those things are are, everyone has different. Some might be from a single family and they have to work a little bit harder. But, you know, for those listeners who want to try and be more entrepreneurial, want an interesting job, Mm -hmm. I think you got to, you know, take all those factors in and 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 uh, as I said, you might be a little bit nervous but I think that nervousness drives people and I think that's good.
0: I yeah, completely agree. Um, so we're going to switch a little bit uh what we're talking about right now. You were okay. So you're really instrumental in bringing the Canadian Football League back to a position of prominence. How can young people take on take on that role as a leader and be, you know, enthusiastic and be the one to initiate and create create positive change in their communities? You know, how can you get out of your bubble and be that person that will truly make change?
2: Hmm so when they approached me about the role of commissioner i looked at it and i said do i have the experience to do this and can i make a difference and i looked at it and said okay i've worked for two professional leagues in the in the past the cfl was challenged i can make a difference and you know we were able to do that we built new stadiums we brought a team back to ottawa We tripled the revenues uh, uh, at the league office that got distributed to the teams, made more money for the for the teams, and ultimately for the players. Um, But I think you know when I think about going into the CFL because you asked about you know making a difference in how um, I went in there and I said, okay, what what does the CFL mean to Canada, and what what what's wrong with it, and what can we fix, and it kind of goes back to that previous conversation i didn't i felt the cfl was always trying to compare itself to the nfl you know and that's the most powerful sporting league in the world you know that and probably premiership in in the uk in terms of soccer um and i said this is our league we should be proud of this and that was the mantra and i wanted to elevate people's thinking about Let's be proud about this league. It's been around for over a hundred years. Let's really celebrate that. And those little words made a difference. It got politicians behind us. It got corporations behind us. It got fans rallying around us. So anything that you do, really think about what's the essence of it. Whether it's a, a charity drive to help. Homeless people, whatever it might be, or whether it's starting a new club in your community or starting a new football team uh, or or helping disadvantaged kids who don't have access to athletic facilities and can't play or things like that. Whatever you decide to do, really understand what you're offering to the community and what's important and then go for it. Then go with that. Like If your gut says we we live in our community and we don't have affordable um we don't have fields for kids to play in well and we want to make a difference go talk to the mayor of your town and say you got some empty land let's raise some money and get corporations behind it and build this because kids are you know they're disconnected because of COVID. there's drug related issues there no one's socializing and this would be really important i'm just giving an example i'm kind of Yeah, free flowing here. Uh, um, just riffing here, but I think one of the things you can really do is just sort of get to the heart of the issue and bring your passion to it. You got to bring your passion to it, got to show. When I went to the CFL, people knew I was passionate about it, and when you're passionate, you're authentic, and then I think you can rally people around what you're trying to do.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Like, uh, I hate the idea of people getting like being commissioners and getting on all these boards just to make money or just to make a name for themselves you have to be passionate about what you're doing and what you're getting yourself into because that's how you're really able to see the value in that thing and that's how you can provide value yourself and really be in a position where you know what would be good for that organization or that corporation or and how you can really provide value to the rest of the world so yeah i completely agree with you
2: yeah I mean, I was passionate about the CFL. They knew I played it in high school. I was recruited to play at McGill, and I didn't I, I decided not to go to McGill. I went to school in the states. Uh, and I was too small for the football. It was a big ten school down there, so it was too small for the players. Uh, um, but I would say the fans knew that I loved the game, and I was passionate about the game. and you know whatever you might do, as I said, love what you're doing, be passionate about it, and then that authentically comes true, and that allows you to rally people around whatever cause you might have
0: yeah completely i i don't I don't like how people really want to make okay obviously making money is amazing you have to make money, but I feel like when you're in a position where you're able to do all these different things, don't do it just because you want to make money, do it because you actually think you can change something and you can actually provide value so yeah i completely agree with everything you just said
2: listen if i stayed in the united states and decide to work for one of the bigger leagues i probably could have made a lot more money uh you know obviously i made a good living as the cfl commissioner um but uh if i wanted to stay and work in the states and be maybe not the number one guy at one of those leagues but be the top five I would have been made a lot more money, but I was more passionate about this opportunity, and that's why I pursued it. So, money, as you said, is not everything.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's like you said earlier, it depends what position and like where you are in life right now. And you kind of evaluate what decisions you'll make when starting all these different businesses and involving yourself in all these different industries. And I think when you're in a really good position, that's when you should really start. You You shouldn't focus on money, you should focus on what can I really do to make a name for myself and like be someone that actually uh, made like really good change in these different industries? Instead of just okay, I'll do this so I can make money. No, I'll do this so I can help these people and I can change your world. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And I don't think you know I talked about some of the things I do in the community and the different buckets I do now. You can you can have a great career uh, and potentially make money within that. Or you can have a big impact, and so I love when I think about. The epitome, of the height of my career, I would say, even though I'm doing a lot of fun things today, the CFL commissioner was probably the height of my career because uh, it was, you know, a good-paying job. That's not why I was focused on it, but you know, from an economic standpoint, a good-paying job. But I knew that I was making a difference within Canada, and that's in my heart what drove me, and that's why I loved that role. It was time for me to go when I left, but it was the right thing uh, in that part of my life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, you you have to be able to leave different industries, but not in like in a negative manner. But like, you you know what you should do, and you know how like you you know when, when your role is over, and you can actually be there and and say, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be done with this, but I really enjoyed what I did, and I feel like I succeeded in that thing. So. Yeah. Um I wanted to ask you a question. What do you think? Okay, so uh, out of all the industries you've worked with, and all the companies you've been in, and all the experience you've had, what is the best quality in someone that you've worked with that you think is super important and super valuable to creating a good relationship and really succeeding in a business with someone? It could be anything. Like it, could, it could be a sense of humor.
2: I was just about to say that. Um, so if I think of myself and my father and some people I've worked with, I love a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I think humor breaks down barriers, breaks down cultural barriers as well if you're working internationally. Uh, I think humor is really important. Um, but I also say, and this takes time, is the ability to build trust like you have to so if I think about the work that I did when I was commissioner or people I worked for like David Stern they both of our styles is we enabled we allowed people to run their business and we, we trusted them to, to run their part of their business and if they made a mistake you'd, we'd let them know uh, and we'd correct them or give them a hard time But I think building that sense of trust uh, is really important. And so humor is one. And how do you build trust? I think you're just open with people. You're an open book. You put everything on the table. um, And people will eventually gravitate to it. I think if you're building a team, people have to trust the others that they have your back. So I think those are some important qualities.
0: You can't can't build trust without being transparent with yourself and with everybody else that you're working with. Completely.
2: Yeah, and I think you know if you're transparent, that becomes that is becomes authentic, and people shows then want Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're honest and open, and whether that's emotional or talk about uh, difficult experiences or how you're feeling, like the way we're having conversations today, I think that's all. Uh, it's all really critical.
0: Completely.
1: So uh, thank you for being here today, uh, Mark. I really George and I really had a great time talking to you. Uh, We talked about many subjects that are really important for the youth. And, again, I really appreciate – we really appreciate you for being uh, on this call, podcast. And, um, yeah, uh, I hope everybody watching, I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode. Goodbye, everyone.
2: Awesome. So, yeah, let me know when it's on. Thanks, guys. All
1: All right. bye. Bye.